forget everything that you think you know about comics. Some say the battle of good versus evil is never ending because evil always survives. Some say that there are two types of people in this world, those who drink beer and those who enjoy a good comic. Well, damn it, we are the bridge. And to that we say cheers. We are your guardians, your watchful protectors from everything mundane. Because in the real world, you either die a hero or you drink long enough to see yourself become the villain. There's a war going on out there. How can you be sure you're on the right side? The ageless debate of what's right and wrong brought to your headphones with the simplest of solutions. With great beer comes great responsibility. And we accept that responsibility. For in brightest day, in blackest night, no evil shall escape our sight. We are hop heroes, bringing the relevance of great beer and comic book stories to light. Hello and welcome to another edition of Hop Heroes, the show where we talk about our favorite drinks and our favorite heroes. I'm your host, Jordan Arith, and with me as always, we have talented artist and comic enthusiast, J.R. Gonzalez. Sup's up? How you doing? I'm doing good, baby boo. How you doing? I'm good. Patriots won today, so I'm happy. Can you not Patriots call him baby boo? Did win today. <laughs> you, get, you get a little jelly? Is that because that's, that's your that reserve for you? Was that, that your? No, nah, man, I'm not jealous. It's not like I'm not speaking out of jealousy. I'm just like wishing you would not call him baby boo. Like maybe. <laughs> I, I I don't know, Jr. How do you feel about it? Like sweet are you lips good with that or I've, sweet lips better? Sweet lips. I've actually learned to just trudge through a lot of this stuff that we go through. <laughs> I do it at work too. A lot of people just like Jr. You're all business all the time. It's because I've learned. <laughs> To navigate through our conversations. This is, this is your battleground. I've learned to navigate. Has taught you how to through Jordan's through. sexual aggressive nicknames. Yeah, that he gives you. so I just uh, <laughs> it's actually it's been very beneficial. I mean, it's helped me in my sales job. Um, well, you're welcome. It, it's put Happy me, to help. I just you know keeps me keeps me on track at work. <laughs> this is this this is yeah. hyperbolic time chamber. Yeah. Oh, I love it. And then we have our third host, published author and uh, jealous friend, Zach Barlow. How you living, kid? <laughs> man, I'm living great, man. I'm 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 doing amazing. I, I gotta say, um, NFL Sunday feels so good it in does. the new crib. It does. Like it when does. I first bought the crib, I thought about what, what's it gonna be like when I have friends over and I'm able to like have some beers and and watch football here. And today I got to live that dream and uh, really. Uh, Really lived up to the hype. Good yeah. win. It was, it was, it was, it's, I'm having a great day. Yeah. Yeah. That was the Seahawks uh, landslide victory. Russ cooked, you could say. Uh, Super Cam showed his S on his chest in New England. And Twice. The, the, Twice. Did he do the celebration? Uh, uh, he actually did a Wakanda forever. Nice. Oh, I fuck with that, dude. He's yeah. on my fantasy team. I fuck with that. Yeah. Yeah. It's Chala. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Cam Newton fan this season, dude. I think we big, all are. Yeah. Big Cam Newton fan. He got. Uh, he better have a chip on his shoulder after getting that disrespect from every other team that passed on him. Fucking Bears. Yeah, bro. Up Nick Former Foles. MVP. <laughs> what the yeah. fuck are we doing here? Yeah. All it, bad. He was all doing bad. a good yeah. job. He was running over linebackers. So I mean, he look. He looks really good. He just got to keep it, keep pace, and then keep doing his thing. But it was fun to watch. Yeah, it's weird to root for the Patriots, but like, twenty twenty is a weird year. It here we are. Year. Yeah. You know, yeah. Fuck the. I Bucks. find myself in in weird places. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, Tom Brady. <laughs> Tom Brady just threw an interception. So whatever. <laughs> oh, he's human. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're not going to get too deep into football, but uh, I will say we are in a podcast fantasy league, 
and we are the comic book podcast going head to head with the fantasy football <laughs> podcast hosted by Nate McAllister, who's been on the show before. And Nate, if you're listening, I currently see a 95% victory probability on our side of the fence. So I hope you're just a little bit embarrassed by that because we're not talking Superman and Batman here. We're talking Ezekiel Elliott and fucking Travis Kelsey and fucking Ben Roethlisberger and... How's that ass taste? So <laughs> we be kicking ass, but that's not what we're here to talk today. We are here to talk beer and to talk a Q&A with Charles Dobbs, the writer of Essence, which we are very excited for. But before that, we'll set in that beverage breakdown. So we got a couple beers on deck today. I got the uh, Summerfest from uh, Sierra Nevada. Figured summer's gone, essentially, but I want to hang on to it as much as I possibly can, so I had to get this before it was out. Uh, Z, you brought something else to the table. What are you sipping on? I did. I um, I couldn't find the Summerfest uh, from Sierra Nevada because, as you said, summer is gone. Um, <laughs> but what I did find is I found a Sierra Nevada Oktoberfest. So you're gonna you're gonna be holding on to summer, and I'm gonna be diving straight into fall, bro. <laughs> oh, this, I love uh, it! This Oktoberfest right here, I love it. I have seen the pumpkin beers on the shelves. I have seen the pumpkin cold brews at Starbucks. It's getting basic and more basic by the day. And you know, as sad as it sounds, I'm here for it. Uh, I love me some pumpkin. Bro, me so too. I'm me glad. too. I'm glad. All right. Um, well, I haven't had this beer yet, so it's Ooh. a Bohemian-inspired Pilsner from Sierra Nevada. Let's fucking Put it down the hatch. It's as uh, it's as advertised. I'd say it's it's a crisp lager. Uh, one thing I read is that it's five percent ABV, but it has uh, some spice to it, and it's got a little floral spice in the back there. It's almost like a like a a chili um, on the very end of it, but it's very subtle um, and it's dry and it's crisp. And chili, it's, like a spiciness to it. Yeah, it's got like a oh, little, little humble spice at the end. Nothing too crazy, but it's uh, just enough to to have a little exclamation point. Because um, the lager is not going to be the most complicated flavor profile, but uh, and this is pretty mellow and, and crisp to the taste, and then it has that little kick on the back end. So I'm a fan. What do you got about all right. Oktoberfest? I'm gonna do this Oktoberfest first. I want to talk about the color. The color is like a wonderful kind of like golden. Uh, brown it's 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 darker than your normal sierra nevada and and lager so like you can already tell that okay we're, we're, we're getting a little bit in the fall the abv is six percent so it's a little bit higher than a lager and let's uh let's let's go this taste route uh little heavy little heavy but i mean kind of has like a spice to it in, in a different way not like spiciness but i i would say like a like a cardamom kind of like a maybe a cinnamon um like spice cardamom. to it kind of warm it. yeah okay. yeah yeah and um it's it's heavier but i mean it's kind of meant for you know that those winter nights you know keep you warm and also i got to say like it's it's a huge deal to be able to drink out of a cold glass and uh <laughs> always in a goddamn glass <laughs> dude it's a big deal it's huge i have these i have these glasses with like gel that keeps keeps the beer frozen, and so oh, we know. Oh, shout we out know. to whoever made these. I mean, honestly, this is turning into a commercial at this point. But yeah, yeah, it's incredible. <laughs> I think I think the Oktoberfest is a beer for me where I, I could have like one, maybe two. But I mean, that's kind of what it's meant for, like dinner, fire by the fire, conversations. You know, it's snowing outside, so um, 
Yeah, I like it. Sierra I Nevada killed the Oktoberfest. Yeah, Sierra Nevada's as bad as it's consistent as it comes, and and the, yeah. uh, these are no um, no different from the the norm. Uh, I I think I could have one to six of these probably the Summerfest. So um, we'll see where that number lies. What's the over under on beers I drink in this episode? Uh, I'll give it a two point five. You taking the over or the under, Jr. Over. <laughs> uh, over whatever. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> All right. I'm for sure taking the over. The enthusiasm's pouring out of his veins. All right, well, <laughs> that's our beverage breakdown. Thanks, guys. And we're back, and we have comic book author and creator Charles Dobbs of the, bo- the book Essence on with us. Charles, how are you doing today? Uh, doing pretty good. How are you doing, man? We are living large. We are having a great Sunday so far, and now that there's beer involved, it's become an even greater <laughs> Sunday. So, is this the first time beer got involved for you, though? Like, I feel like you got to like crack one during the Hawks game, right? I uh, was recovering from last night during the Hawks game. Actually, uh, had a big <laughs> night. Uh, my, my, my old Surprise. pal Tito's came over, and we uh, we got real close. Um, <laughs> But now I'm getting started again, so let's uh, wow. let's do it. Um, but that's not why we're here. We're not talking about my drinking problems. We're here to talk about Charles' and his, <laughs> his writing career. So, Charles, apologies and also welcome. This is this this is the show essentially in a nutshell. Um, so the first question we like to ask all of our people we have on is tell us your origin story. So how did you become the writer that you are today? <laughs> So uh, back in like 2015, um, I had a lot of downtime. So um, I kind of got tired of like playing a lot of the video games because a lot of them have the same mechanics. So I started kind of like developing a video game, but realized quickly it kind of they're complicated and they're they're like if you go and pitch the story or pitch the idea to a company, they might just take it from you and use it. So I started creating the story to it and um, putting it together so that I could like copyright it and and do all that. But uh, then it came out like it started turning into what you see today. From video game to comic is usually the other way around. That's very interesting. Uh, How did you uh, get to meet Chris Genevois, the artist? So I started kind of just building on it for the last like three years. So from 2015 to 2018, I kind of built the story, built the characters, and kept building on them. And then in 2018, I uh, searched Facebook, and after a couple failed like uh, artists and stuff, when you search for them, you've got to actually like search and try to find them. Um, I ran into Chris, and he's dealt with a bunch of different uh, books and put them together. He's worked on them from start to finish he knows all the details and how to work them he had a team together so i just started um working with him and i never really planned on actually doing a comic book like this is like my first book so i had a lot to learn so i found people that when you don't know what you're doing and you're trying to run or manage something, you want to build people around you that know what they're doing. So that's Mm -hmm. kind of what I did. I found uh, people who have an idea or have experience with it. And then over the years, over the last three years, I've been learning how to do a lot of it. So it's a still a bit of a challenge. So when we put this first volume together, uh, you guys read all of it, right? Yeah. 
So after, after issue four, um, you kind of start seeing where like some of the characters get introduced very quick and the story start progressing, starts progressing extremely fast. Um, and it doesn't make the story bad, but it's one of the mistakes of being inexperienced. Can I, can I, can I interject a question? When, yeah. when, when you say you, you built a team around you of people who you felt like kn- knew what they were doing. How did you how did you find that team? Like how did you find a team um, of people that you trusted so and that you felt knew what they were doing? Chris had all his stuff and he he had his team basically put together. So originally we started doing this as single issues. So a mm-hmm. lot of those were front covers and some of them were just uh artwork because when you're trying to get people to get interested in it, you want to show a bunch of different angles uh from the shots so that it entices right. people and gets them excited and built up a little bit so they get to see a little bit more than than just the story and so that's kind of where we started putting it all to i started kind of getting stuff so i could start just kind of showing people a little bit of the story um through mm-hmm. the, the pinups and the and the additional artwork um plus you can use them as marketing so i turn them into metal prints uh, the paper prints you can you can use them to sell as like merchandise. So like what is I mean you you've you've kind of nailed some of these like challenges down and you talked a little bit about Chris and, and your relationship there but like what is like the biggest you know issues and challenges you're having right now? I know you said that you know we had talked in the past a little bit about kind of your editor and and stuff like that. So I'm just kind of curious if you know kind of break that down for us. In the beginning, it was just basically finding a way to start because one of the first things that was mentioned to me is, why are you doing 12 characters? Like, it was, Mm. it's either one, three, five, or seven, um, is pretty much what I was recommended. Um, but it didn't really fit with the theme of how my story was. So, I like it, it is a struggle finding a way to make all of them fit in and Mm -hmm. work well. But the whole thing is, is it's hero sharing abilities. So you don't want just a few characters because then it gets boring really fast. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the more you have, the more diversity you can have, and you just split them up into groups, uh, and then you get all kinds of different random combinations. Dealing with so mm-hmm. many characters, it's easy to focus on one character, but when you've got... It's kind of like the Avengers. Look how long it took them, but in real reality, you've got a bunch of characters, but they had their single movies. It doesn't work sure. for my, my yeah. system because... Who are they going to share their powers with? <laughs> cool. Right. Right. Sure. That's a good point. Uh, yeah. So I noticed that you had a big, like a front loaded kind of expose on the world of essence in the beginning of the story when you're creating this world, like there's so much that goes into it and it's got a very sci-fi feel and with, with the front load of information up front before the actual story kind of starts to begin with the main characters, it brought me to like a George Lucas vibe. Was there any kind of like Star Wars connection of how you break down the I world and then you dive into the story? Any, or is that so just kind of me pulling Essence, strings? I actually basically started from scratch. I took, a, I took away from everything that I pretty much knew. I focused on the theme of the story, heroes that share abilities. And I felt like I like I said, I developed it off of the video game. So I actually used video game mechanics to create the hero's abilities. So like you've got mm. the plant based character and like Charity, she's the plant based one. So she can mm-hmm. do all the do all the plant based things and, and whatever. Um, and then you've got Conrad who can perceive. Uh, so he's 
his was an interesting ability. Like, I don't remember where I came up with, with his ability. Um, it was a long time ago. Um, but Conrad like, reminds me of, like, a Professor X meets, like, a Nightcrawler because he can, like, he can teleport and, like, rematerialize himself and his other, uh, his friends. Like, Conrad just, he's like a, Conrad's a beast. Conrad's OP, dude. Conrad's, Conrad's <laughs> OP. Like, <laughs> OP I don't sure. know how he loses fights, dude. Like, Conrad <laughs> yeah. is a beast, bro. Yeah. That's um, a, I'm He's, he's gonna be a, a unique character, but I built him to have that, like, that extremism but he's still weak like he still has his weakness like if he's on his own and he's fighting the monsters like i basically took the world i broke the world so that everything's broken and then it balances it all out so it it's it's a completely different take so it's not something like these heroes are not meant to be able to fit into all the other hero worlds they're kind of meant to be in their own own territory that was another mm. challenge as well. <laughs> mm. Yeah, well, I think you uh, accomplished that one because they're definitely unique. Uh, yeah, yeah. The challenge, the challenge was making sure that all of them worked well together. It took me probably like even today, I still find new things that I can do with some of the characters and their abilities uh, because, like, you try to keep a balance between all of them. So if you unbalance one on accident, then you have to find a way to balance all the other ones. <laughs> Nice. And make it so yeah. that because I don't want everyone to just like Conrad. I want everyone to like <laughs> a specific character uh, for their own specific reasons. So this character right. sharing this ability. So like you see on the Facebook post, people would be like, "What three Marvel heroes will go against DC heroes?" And in mine, it wouldn't even have to be something like that. You could actually what three combinations work best together. So you can actually have all the different, like, what's your favorite combination? You could just stick it and focus on essence. So, I mean, it's got a lot of challenges. Uh, the other challenge is how complex the story is. It's, it's, it's very complicated because it uses a lot of science, science stuff and knowledge. And then I had to, like, recreate my own definition of it. Right. I'm glad I, that I noticed... that's that was sorry, Zach. I'm just glad that was said because I definitely had to reread a couple of times, and I'm glad I'm not the only one that knew felt like it was complicated because it was it's a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So when we're like what like I was telling uh, Jr. Um, it was um, we're gonna be revamping. So this volume one that we currently have done, we're gonna actually be redoing it and kind of cleaning it up. It's actually going to take seven volumes to, to get through like the main arc. It's like basically like Goku versus Vegeta and stuff. So <laughs> it's going to take about seven volumes. Amazing reference, bro. It took him a while to get to that. Or like from, so basically Horaz, as you know, is, is the main villain in this first arc. So mm -hmm. to get to the point of introducing the characters getting people to understand how the world works, how the mechanics work because of how complicated it is. It'll take seven volumes wow. roughly. Wow. That's a lot. Got quite the workload ahead of you, but yeah. and that's still not even all, all 12 of the characters. That's only seven of the 12. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> More to come. More to come. Yeah. yeah what it's... are you doing talking to us, bro? Get to work. You got a lot ahead of you, man. <laughs> Hey, he's working right now. He's, <laughs> Absolutely. He's on his promo run. Absolutely. I love it. Hey, I, I, wanted, I wanted to talk to you about like a specific scene in volume one. Um, the scene is uh, Charity 
when she loses her well spoiler alert for anybody um listening but she loses her parents in uh in a battle with um the monster they and they die the harvester and um you're kind of riding through a, a grief scene with the characters and i think that like first of all the stakes are pretty high you've you've made it clear that in your books um people die which i love i respect that but i i'm just kind of asking you as an author like what do you think through or what's your process when you're writing through like a grief scene afterwards for your characters like after they've lost something or or um, the stakes are high and they lose. Like, how do you approach that? I just knew that I wanted to, like, I needed to offer parents. There's a reason for it. I don't want to go into details because it's not going to come to, like, volume, like, 30. <laughs> yeah that's fine. <laughs> volume yeah. 30 2045 <laughs> spoiler you have to so wait you, a long so you time. had to off them and you knew you had to off them like early yes because when i planned everything out i planned essence like i said it's such a complicated story i had to plan way ahead i had to know what was happening a long long way in the future so I needed to make sure that I had an understanding of what was going on before I started. Because if I don't, then it's going to, like, you have a potential to run into problems. Mm-hmm. Plot gaps. Yeah. Major, yeah. major let plot me, gaps. Let me just throw a follow-up on that. So it seems like you have Essence essentially written already. Like, it's all, like the plan is already there, and now you're kind of, like, taking that plan and converting it into comics is that is that like is that true like you already have it all written now you're just like making it a comic? i've got i've got 26 volumes mapped out but i'm pretty sure it's gonna be a lot more than that um 26 I volumes bro giddy up let's go that's that, no that that's 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 not even where it stops <laughs> i stopped there oh my goodness I love that's it. awesome um, yeah dude that's that's rad can I just so, say, I think that it's so cool that you're so open to feedback from, especially you, sur- you surround yourself, we said with a team that knows what they're doing and you're listening to them. Like you're very open to, and you're very self-critical, it sounds like about what you, what, what you wish you would have done better. And a lot of people, uh, a lot of writers, especially <clears throat> Zach, uh, have this yeah, uh, dude, stubbornness to, to them. Name. I knew I was getting subtweeted where, immediately. <laughs> where like, immediately with my <laughs> My idea, if we're talking about my drinking problems, talking about your stubbornness, my, uh, my idea is right, and uh, it's, it's hard to take feedback sometimes. There's a lot of ego that comes to writing, and I've, I've written some stuff in the past. You know, you have to have a little bit of that to be bold, and it sounds like you are just very open to making your story. Your, your priority is the story and getting it as best possible product out there, which I think sounds, it's just really cool. Oh yeah, yeah. Like when I had my friend John, John Carter, he read that first volume and I told uh, JR to, to let you guys know when you read the first volume that like, that's kind of like what we're talking about is like the, the challenge of being a new writer. This was actually my first book um, to write. So it came with a lot of challenges. It took a lot of work. And I've learned a lot through it. Um, and when I actually had my friends read it, they, like my Ramel Hill, I met him after like I basically had most of most of the volume done. And then John Carter, I had uh, I've known him for ten years, but he's like the nerdiest nerd that you can possibly know. Like he's dramatic. Like he has like I can't remember what it was called, but like a, a book on basically writing, nothing but writing. 
So he's the perfect person. He sat down with me for four hours and explained in detail all the things that I made mistakes on, um, what I could do better, how I could fix it. Um, like he asked a lot of the whys, why did this character get introduced here, but no explanation. Um, mm -hmm. So that's one of the things that I'm kind of trying to learn and figure out uh, still as I go. So that's where the input comes in. And Ramel, since I had met him, um, I talked to him and asked him if he would be open to helping me figure out how to um, come up with a good solution. Like I basically laid out, this is what happens in these stories. And then I kind of told him like what I was doing. So I took the experience from volume one and reassessed. And now I have the knowledge. I'm able to kind of put the story in a more straightforward uh, setting. But I, I still have little things, so he's basically helping me put it all together. I have I have two questions, and they don't really relate to each other, but I'm just, like, super curious. So the first is, um, I know you discussed, um, you know, you kind of, like, being super into video games and video games being, like, a, a slight inspiration to Essence, but... I'm curious, like, what games specifically, and did you have, like, other inspirations outside of video games that helped you, like, develop Essence um, in its totality? Um, so, I was, uh, I'm sure you guys are familiar with it, Warcraft 3. That was, like, one of my favorite games uh, to play, but um, I also loved the tower defense games. So, I kind of wanted to create a RPG uh, tower defense type of game. So I started it out there and then kind of built on it and kind of created the characters. And that's where the color scheme actually came in first, is the different colors would allow for different towers. And then you get different towers with the different abilities. So that's where it all started. And I just built mm -hmm. on it from there. But when I started creating the story, I had to figure out all the different things. And that was just a different can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I bet. I uh I must say I was blown away by the artwork in this 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 book and uh is is Chris uh you met him through Facebook it sounds like yeah um I I can't imagine the feeling when you create something yourself and then an artist as talented as him puts it into print or into art on paper and then you get to see it for the first time like what was that feeling like seeing your characters brought to life um it was really cool. Like, at first, when he provided me with, like, because he just basically did, like, the head sketches, and I was like, oh, well, these characters kind of seem similar to, like, other characters, like Emery, like, like because it was still just bare bones, it hadn't been colored, you didn't have, like, the full body figure, I was like, it reminded me, like, of Avatar, and I was like, aren't you, isn't that going to be kind of close to, like, Aang from Avatar, or, um, or, like, this character, kind of like this character, and it was like, basically had to reassure me don't worry about it it was kind of a, a interesting thing um to to say the least but it was really cool watching it and then like as i started learning more and and seeing the progress the artwork like because basically i had to tell them this is kind of what i want this is how i want it done um and this is the idea and then they had to go and draw it so as I started getting more comfortable and learning more, the artwork actually has started getting a little bit better um, because it's more consistent and there's a better understanding. We're actually getting ready to add a new mechanic that I came up with um, 
a couple weeks ago, uh, and that one will be a surprise. So I'll be sending it out to people. That reminds me of my my second question that I actually forgot. Um, <laughs> the the question is so you've talked to people and 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 you're you've you've received feedback. Can you like kind of let us in I, 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 without giving like major spoilers or like difference makers? to kind of what that feedback was and how that might shape or change the volume that we read or the story like moving forward. So John, like I said, I sat down with John for four hours um, and talked to him and we, he went over kind of like the mistakes. So a lot of like, I was watching, I, 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 are you familiar with Ross Draws? He's, he's a pretty big artist. He's got like a million followers on his, his Instagram account. But um, I remember seeing something of like him that he basically said uh, somebody had told him before he created his first book called Nima. I just remember seeing a caption saying he created a different book first to get the experience. So that's mm. kind of like what I ended up doing here. I created my first volume. I learned how to do it. I learned the process. So I know how to put it all together. Um, but allowing, like John gave me the feedback. He provided me with, uh, the information that I needed that I was lacking. How, how do these characters get introduced? You need to explain why you need to go into to better details. Um, mm -hmm. so I, I'm taking the experience from that first volume and then the feedback from him, Ramel and various other people that provide the feedback and I'm applying it to the new volume. So we're basically going and fixing it, but Ramel is going to be there to make sure that the story remains consistent throughout the whole thing. Mm -hmm. If I left something out, he'll basically mm -hmm. be like, why is this? Like one of the things is I already wrote 54 pages of script for it. And Malik, it like, he was like, where's Malik's ability? Like in multiple places, he was like, he didn't put his ability because I had planned on putting it in a different point. Right, yeah. But he uh he was like you should try to explain it a little bit earlier. So Yeah, right. So are you rewriting volume one or are you are you just like taking the feedback and incorporating it into like volume two, volume three, like moving? I'm forward? pretty much rewriting it. So like what you guys see so you guys seeing and reading volume one already, all those six issues, yep. after yep. volume after this new volume one you'll actually be like, oh, that makes a lot more sense now. Because huh. <laughs> it, it introduces how Conrad and Malik meet. It introduces the twins. So the twins get introduced just random. So you don't really know. So you get a little bit of better understanding about them. But it basically, you know how issue zero with Conrad as a baby. It's basically going to follow their progression at, in age. So Conrad's going to get a little bit older. He'll meet Malik. And then... Uh, it'll go by, a little time will go by for them being friends, and then they'll, uh, it'll introduce the twins. So this new volume will literally move at a slower pace, introduce everything slower, um, and give the readers a better understanding of what's happening and better understanding of their abilities and powers and everything as, as well. Right on, right on. So um, for our listeners that want to read Essence, um, do you have an idea of when uh, Volume 1, your rewrite, or everything will be um, available, and when it is available, do you know where they'll be able to find it? For those who actually want to like read the first volume, though they might understand, there might be some confusion. Like, I don't know what your guys' opinion. Like, what did you guys think of it overall? Was it 
Yeah, I mean, if we're being honest, I, th- I had to reread it a couple times. I thought that there was incredible creativity and a very unique story. And I love the the world, the sci-fi world and the idea of soul wielding. I was just a big fan of the Harvesters. I thought the creatures were so grotesque and dark and really cool. They looked cool. good. They looked amazing. And I thought that uh, I didn't fully understand it all the time. Um, so I didn't get the most out of it that I possibly could have. But I thought that the story itself was very cool and i know that if it's refined i'll love it yeah yeah and um that's the whole thing is like people can if they want to get volume one and they want to read it just to kind of get an introduction once you actually go through and uh read uh or uh read the next volumes you'll actually understand it so you'll be left with a little bit of confusion in volume in this current volume one that you guys read but the new one will actually explain it and by the end of that volume it'll it'll give you a good better understanding but that's why it's taking seven volumes is it's going to be like conrad and the twins then it's going to introduce era and uh horaz and it's basically that's going to be a volume kind of giving the backstories uh and then another volume in between and then there's going to be like several side volumes giving the angle of attack from the other characters but um the goal for the finishing of this one is uh, around February. So February, like, I'm, okay. hoping, I'm hoping we have most of it done and ready in digital format by February because uh, it takes roughly about two months per issue, so about 22 pages to complete from start to finish um, for the artists. So, um, yeah, it's about 80 pages, and I'll have two artists working on it, uh, Frederico and Airfan. So Airfan was actually working on Star Trek. So Wow. Nice. Okay. Nice pull there. Uh, so February uh, digital is the goal. Is it going to be available on Comixology? Um, right now, everything will be on my website um, and through contact. What's your website? Uh, EssenceComics.com. EssenceComics.com. And they can purchase it from that when it's ready? Um, yeah, they'll be able to purchase it from, from that. And, uh, and then, um, they can also learn about the characters and their abilities from on the website too, because I actually have the abilities listed there. Oh yeah. JR, you were telling us about that, right? Didn't you kind of go through that before we read this? I did. Yep. I read the, the, well, I got a cool little packet from Action City Comics from Doug. He, and this is how I, you know, found out about Charles and he put this little amazing pamphlet together of the characters, you know, uh, of the book. And, um, uh, Doug still has some sitting at, you know, sitting in his shop. He's got those, uh, tint covers or those aluminum covers, whatever, uh, metal covers sitting on the, the wall to metal. And, uh, so that's, that's how I read it. And that's, you know, all that little stuff is in there. He, so Charles did a good job of putting that in there. If you're looking for those things in hand, you know, very cool. Very cool. And then, uh, Charles, before we let you go, do you have any social media presence where people can follow your stuff? Uh, yeah, uh, everything's pretty much essence comics. So, uh, on Instagram, it's essence comics, Facebook, it's essence comics, my Twitter. I'm not really as active on, um, because like, I've just got so many things going on. So, um, but that's also essence comics. Um, yeah, so pretty easy. <laughs> cool. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm very excited for February. I think that this has so much potential and you've obviously put so much work and heart into it and it shows. So uh, we had a lot of fun reading it and we're going to have even more fun reading it when it's refined and perfected. So uh, thank you so much for coming on today and taking the time out of your day. And we're really excited to see what you what you bring in the future, Charles. 
Yeah, thanks, man. It's been fun. Yeah, thank you. Alrighty, yeah, thanks. You guys take it easy. See you. Uh, you too, bro. You too. Bye.